This week is Parshas Emmer, and we're continuing with uh, halachas of kashras in the kitchen. So last time we we uh, spoke, we discussed the difference between national hashkachas, like the larger hashkachas, such as OU, Star K, Chavke, CRC, and so on, and they and between smaller hashkachas of you know little, of smaller cities or private hashkachas. And the larger hashgachas have tremendous resource, resources and, and large amounts of experience. And they also, more importantly, they keep to a national professional standard of hashgacha. And I want to give some examples of this so you can understand what exactly the difference is and, the, and also what the value of this knowledge is. Uh, but before I do that, I want to draw a distinction. It's a very important distinction to understand that there are... There are two kinds of hashkachas. There's hashkachas on restaurants, on food service, on caterers, you know, chasanas, etc. And then there's hashkachas on products, right? Like, for example, the VAD of Greater Washington, they certify restaurants, right? You can find their hashkacha on a restaurant, on a grocery, on caterers, but you won't find the VAD of Greater Washington symbol on a bag of potato chips or on any other product for that matter. It's a very different thing, giving hashkacha on products to giving hashkacha on a restaurant. You give hashkacha on a restaurant, it's a much easier undertaking. Now, obviously, it takes a, it takes a great degree of experience and professionalism, but... What it boils down to is having a mashgiach on site on the restaurant in the restaurant, and he knows how to check for bugs. Uh, you know, checks check vegetables for bugs. He knows how to to manage that the things should be separate, the fleshigs and the milchigs, or you know, the kashras. And he also knows how to be on top of things and make sure that the right products are coming in and no products are going out, and so on and so forth. So it's a question of having a mashgiach who knows what he's doing, and who's able to to oversee. So, so that's something which smaller hashgachas will much easier to manage and much easier to handle. When it comes to giving a hashgacha on a uh, on a product, that requires going to a factory and making that factory kosher or certifying that it is kosher, and that requires knowledge of. Uh, food production practices, knowledge of machinery, and st- understanding all the ingredients, what they are, where they come from, what they mean, right? Uh, we can't pronounce sometimes half of them. Um, mm-hmm. Understanding how a factory runs and what are the ins and outs of the business, right? It, it, and more often than not, requires traveling overseas. And when you travel overseas, you have to understand the culture you're going into uh, without trying not to be racist, but there are certain cultures where we're... Um, it's not such a big deal to try to fool other people or to try to, you know, to try to get the better of uh, of the mashgichim that are, are there, and uh, it requires a tremendous amount of experience and knowledge, which the national hashkachas have, and they also have the resources to be able to to do that kind of hashkacha, and it's important to understand that certifying restaurants and food service is not very profitable. The the hashkachas that do it. Vad of Greater Washington being one example, are largely doing it to service a community. They're not doing it for profit. It's not. It's not profitable. It doesn't doesn't add up to a lot. Um, giving um, hashgacha to products is very profitable because basically you set it up. 
you don't really have to be so on top of it because the company it runs the way it runs. It doesn't change its production from day to day. So you set once it's set up, once it's in place, they continuously are paying the fees for the hashgacha, and you're not doing. You don't have to do all that much. So it's not a constant expense. So it's much more profitable and much more of a, so to speak, a enticement to make it work than 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 it is to to a hashgacha on a restaurant. So let me, let me give you a couple of examples that you can understand the difference between a larger hashgachas, their experience, and a, small, and a smaller hashgacha. There was an, a couple of Oyu Mashgichim that I knew in, in, uh, in Los Angeles. So one of them I remember telling me that he was sent by the OU to certify a plant that was going to do a kosher run of, um, I don't know what, I don't remember what it was, maybe cookies or something like that. So there was this huge vat, huge vat. These vats, they held thousands of gallons sometimes, like a tremendous amount of liquid, and it needed to be kashered. So in order to be kashered, it had to be drained, it had to be scrubbed, and it had to be filled with water, and that water needed to be boiled. And once it boiled, that would kasher out the vat. Now you could imagine that a vat that has that many gallons, it takes quite a while for it to boil, and they only did it after production of that day ended, right? So that production ended, and then they went to, to kasher it so that they'd be able to use it for the next day. And um, the, the Meshgich was there, and there were a couple of employees that stayed over to oversee this cashering process. So he's sitting there, and he's waiting for the water to boil, and about an hour and a half or two hours pass, and then it's the bubbles start coming up, and then bubbles start, start proliferating, and it's going to rolling bu- boil. So he tells me that normally a regular Meshgich would look at it and say, okay, great, it's bubbling. He would tell the guys, okay, it's good. We can finish up here. We can close up and leave. He, however, he said, due to his experience, he knew that a vat of that size is no way that it gets to boiling in less than four or five hours. So he did some, he inspected, and he found that one of the workers was was, uh, pumping air into the, he wanted to go home. He didn't want to stay for four or five hours. So he was pumping air into it, so so it looked like it was bubbling, and and it was not. So it was just an example of the degree of experience you need to have that people won't, take advantage of you. You have to have that kind of hands-on experience in a factory setting. Um, another another example, I remember that uh, there, there was a smaller Hashgacha, which was based out of LA, and that Hashgacha also wasn't, it was known to be not a very reliable Hashgacha. Not a very reliable Hashgacha, at least at the time. Then, the OU wanted to buy them out. Now, I don't know what ended up happening but in the process they sent down someone else i knew there also to check out one of their their production lines so this was a this was a company that produced fish so they had all different kinds of lines of uh smoked fish and other kinds of fish that were packaged and, and produced there so he said he went to check out the factory which had a hashgacha from this hashgacha and he said he was horrified he said he didn't find anything that necessarily was straight he just said it just doesn't didn't meet the standards of national cashers. He gave an example. He said they had a, they had smoking table, which a hot smoking. You know, was basically cooked the fish in a smoking process. So there was uh, one that did salmon and created lox, and one that did sturgeon, which is a tray for fish, right? And they were right next to each other. He said there's no such thing in a, a national cashers that would not be allowed because the potential for error and for mix up is just it's almost like for sure going to happen if they're the two the two things are one next to each other. So. There is just examples of how, you know, the professional standards make a very, very big difference. And in, in it, it's also, you know, important to understand that large companies, besides the resources that they have and besides the, the, the experience that they have and the knowledge and, and all that, 
in addition to all that, they also have leverage, which means that a company like the OU, they have plenty of they have plenty of companies and, and businesses that they give Ashkacha to. So they go to a company and they, they want to get Ashkacha and the company gives them a hard time. They say, forget it. Like, this is our standards. These are our policies. Either you comply or we, we don't need your business. Uh, a smaller Ashkacha, they need that business very much. So they'll be much more likely to try to compromise and make it work and at the expense Again, of cashless. So it's important to realize that that's the difference between larger ashkachas and smaller ashkachas. So what's the what's the moral of the story? Or what's the takeaway? So the takeaway is is that when you just when you see a hashkacha that you're not familiar with, we can't automatically assume that it's a good hashkacha, and that's even if it has Hebrew letters on it. It's, a, it's if it's a small hashkacha and it's not a hashkacha you're familiar with, we do have to then make sure that it's a reliable hashkacha. And the one good way to do it is the CRC have hey, they have a website. Where they list out a whole bunch of hashkachas, you know, with the symbols. Uh, they also have an app. You can get the app, a CRC app that has a hashkacha list, and you can look through. And I found more often than not that if a small hashkacha is not listed on that list, I t- often researched, and almost always <laughs> there is a very good reason why it's not on that list. It's not like because they just you know, didn't know about it or they didn't find it. If it's not on the list, there's generally a very good reason for it. And not always, and you can, there's, there's further research you can do. If you don't find it on the list, you can uh, email a Rav, your Rav, you can also email the Star K or the OU, and you can just ask them, do you accept products from this hashkacha, because they do, you know, uh, the bigger hashkachas in their food service, uh, when they, they, they give hashkachas to a caterer, they give them a list of which hashkachas he could use. So you can just call them and ask them, because the question that they will answer, would you accept this hashkacha for a caterer of yours? And if they tell you no, that's not a very good sign. <laughs> you know, that means that there's issues that they're aware of about the, the hashkacha, and you know, it doesn't necessarily reflect badly on a person's honesty or his Yerushimayim, it can simply reflect on his capability, his knowledge, you know, is they can just be a small hashkacha, could simply be out of their depth sometimes in, in these uh, in these situations. So that that's just a very important thing to do. Now, in, in contradistinction to that, when you go to another um, city and there's a hashkacha that's like the city's hashkacha and you find it on their, their restaurants or on their, uh, you know, the, 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 the different uh, stores that are there. So you also should make an effort to try to find out. But like I said, that's much simpler business. That's, that's much more likely to be okay uh, because it's just a, it's a much smaller undertaking and it doesn't require the levels of, of experience and professionalism and etc. for it to be a good hashkacha. That, that being said, definitely do due diligence. And also realize that an important thing is that Different cities' hashkachas, they're not all the same standards, right? So, so like uh, the Star K, if that's, you find a hashkacha on a establishment for the Star K, you know it's going to be Chalav Yisrael, and you know that it's going to be Pas Yisrael, you know that the, it's going to be Yashan, and you know that it's going to be Bishli, everything's going to be, the tune is going to be Bishli Yisrael. It's just their standards. So you can assume that. You go to a different city, you can't assume that. You can't assume without, unless you ask, unless you find out whether the, the stuff is going to be Chal of Yisrael or whatever other, again, of these things. It's not something you can assume. Aratan Ashkachas don't necessarily always meet those standards. Um, another important thing to know is that you, uh, when sometimes you'll find, you'll go into, um, let's say Shalom's, right, where the, hashka, the, where the products are, are ostensibly under the hashkacha, 
of the of the vat. So you'll find a product with a certain hashkacha. Again, if you don't recognize that hashkacha, and even though you find it on a product, it doesn't necessarily mean that the hashkacha is a good hashkacha. Let me give you an example. There is now. I, I, I'm not. I'm not being current on this because I don't know where this hashkacha is holding currently. I know there was a, a time that this hashkacha had issues. There's hashkacha triangle K. So it could be it's good now. I actually don't know. But there was a time that this, there was issues with this hashkacha triangle K. But at, at, even though at the time there were issues with that hashkacha, it was still good for their ocean spray products like the ocean spray um, cranberries, craisins, uh, cranberry juice. And the reason is, is because those products were independently checked out by other hashkachas, and they are, again, they're not something, they're not a complicated production. So once the production is certified, it can reasonably assume that does nothing changes about it. They don't add ingredients. It's not, it's, not, it's not a very complicated product. So those products with that hashkacha are acceptable, but that's not necessarily allow us to infer that that hashkacha is an acceptable hashkacha for all other products. So again, Knowing that, that a hashgacha is a good hashgacha requires very simply knowledge. You know, you have to be aware that a hashgacha is a reliable hashgacha. It can be relied on for the products that we, we want to use it for. Regardless, again, I mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again, that when you are in a store, even if the store is, un, a grocery store, I mean, even if the grocery store is under hashgacha, you still, it's the, it's the, the onus is upon the, the, the us, the consumer, to check that there is hashkacha on the product you're buying because more often than not, it's inevitable. Mistakes happen. And you'll pick up a product in any grocery store. It can be in Borough Park. It can be in Lakewood. It can be in in Silver Spring, in Baltimore, anywhere. You pick up a product and you'll assume that it's in a kosher grocery store. It must have hashkacha. It can it, it can possibly not have. So it's important. Always, if again, if you're familiar with the product, then great. But if it's a product you're not familiar with, make sure that there's hashkacha on it before you buy it. In Yerz Hashem, next week we will talk about um, bug checking. So we'll continue on to that that topic. <clears throat>